turn and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Friends, I have been told by infomercials and self-help gurus and Instagram posts and YouTube influencers that it is important to have an attitude of gratitude. But I have also been told that infomercials, self-help gurus, and social media stars are not great sources for your sermons. <laughs> so I definitely had a lot of trouble this morning and this week as I was trying to figure out what to do with Jesus' words in this gospel passage I just read for you. I really don't want to sound like some sort of pop psychologist this morning, and yet as I prepped for this sermon, I couldn't shake this feeling that gratitude is an essential element of our faith. And not only that, but gratitude is also just really good for us as a whole. There was a study recently done by Harvard University. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, and in this study, they say, gratitude helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, improve their health, deal with adversity, and build strong relationships. I've known for a while now that gratitude had this type of expansive positive effects. And so in all sorts of different ways, I've worked to make gratitude a regular part of my life and the lives of those around me. Some of you may know that we put out on a semi-regular basis a video every Thursday called the Thankfulness Thursday video. This posts on our social media channels. But I'm guessing many of you didn't know that because we do not get a lot of views or followers for those videos. So I'm going to show you one right now. This is something that we do, again, almost every Thursday, and we post it on our social medias, and it's our Thankfulness Thursday time. Take a look with me at the Illustrator and the hey, AV team. There we go. Thursday at Bethany Luther Church. Do you know what that means? Thankfulness Thursday. Right, Jester, what are you thankful for? I am thankful for food. I am thankful for butterflies. Always I am thankful for random Thursday videos like this one. Kevin, what are you thankful for? Uh, that Thursday is my Friday, because I don't work Friday or Saturday. <laughs> Lucky. And then, Colleen, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for summertime. I'm thankful that I finished a really big project that's been on my plate for a long time. What are you thankful for? Put it in the comments. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Many of you are smiling right now. There is just something contagious about gratitude. Even when you are not the one being grateful, just observing the gratitude of others can have an uplifting of your spirit. I want you to have another chance to experience this swell of emotion that can come from hearing about someone else's gratitude. And we're going to do this by listening to our reading from Psalm 111. I'll direct your attention over to Leslie. She's over in the choir this morning. Leslie, will you read Psalm 111 for us? I'd be happy to. <laughs> Hallelujah. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright, in the congregation. Great are your works, O Lord, pondered by all who delight in them. Majesty and splendor mark your deeds and your righteousness endures forever. You cause your wonders to be remembered. 
You are gracious and full of compassion. You give food to those who fear you, remembering forever your covenant. You have shown your people the power of your works in giving them the lands of the nations. The works of your hands are faithfulness and justice. All of your precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever because they are done in truth and equity. You sent redemption to your people and commanded your covenant forever. Holy and awesome is your name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice this have a good understanding. God's praise endures forever. Thanks, Leslie. You see, this psalm is filled with references to past events in the history of Israel, and it's filled with extensive joy and praise and thanksgiving. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Full of honor and majesty is God's work. And the psalmist goes on and on. In my study of this text, I learned that this is actually an acrostic poem. It doesn't translate in English, but in the original Hebrew text, each line begins with the next subsequent letter in the Hebrew alphabet. It's a song of gratitude from A to Z, or from whatever the Hebrew equivalent of that is. Intern Reed is out of town, so I couldn't ask her to find out. But that's the idea. The psalmist is trying to cover the subject of gratitude completely, from beginning to end. And as you heard me tell the children for Children's Church, this is actually a practice that I myself take part in. I will try to go through the ABCs of gratitude. It is an undeniably cheesy practice that I learned from my mom, but over the years I've grown to really love it. Here's what I'll do. Sometimes when I'm driving or walking or running, I'll try and come up with something that I'm grateful for, for each letter of the alphabet. Only, I intentionally go very, very slowly through this process. This is really helpful because it means that I probably won't ever get to the really hard letters like X and Z, but more importantly, when I take the time to deeply and carefully think about what I'm grateful for, it allows me to get below the surface and into my heart just a little more. For example, A is for apple. That's what the children told us as well. And apples are great, and now I just sound like a Dr. Seuss poem. A is for apple. And apples are these portable snacks that are healthy and sweet and tart. And those might be my initial thoughts when I'm doing this thankfulness exercise. But then when I slow down, I can start to remember apple picking with my family growing up. Going out on a crisp Sunday afternoon like this one to wander through rows of apple trees climbing up those trees and tossing apples down to my mom or my dad below. And then later on, getting cider donuts back at the general store as the smells of apple cider waft through the air. Yeah, I'm grateful for apples, but I'm so much more grateful for these vivid memories of the beauty of fall and the warmth of family. You see, it, it started with just an apple, but slowing down and digging deeper allowed this simple gratitude to touch my heart. And in some small way, that process changes me. I'm left feeling holistically grateful. It becomes a soul-level appreciation. I believe that there really is something deeply spiritual about deep gratitude like this. 
And I know, I know, I'm starting to sound like those motivational speakers I warned myself about at the beginning of the sermons. But I just can't shake what I heard from Jesus in the gospel passage as well. Let's walk through the details of that story here. Jesus heals 10 lepers, and just one turns back and thanks Jesus. And we're told that he's a Samaritan, and you can tell that even Jesus is shocked by this detail and the ways that he interacts. When the Samaritan comes to Jesus and falls at his feet, Jesus' response is three rapid-fire questions. Were not 10 made clean? Where are the other nine? Why is only this foreigner the one who turned back to give thanks? It's as if Jesus is saying, why has no one else figured this out? And then Jesus utters something truly strange. He says to the Samaritan, your faith has made you well. Because Jesus is trying to show us that this, something this Samaritan has already figured out, that gratitude and faith go hand in hand. This is why we sing songs of praise every Sunday. It's why we offer prayers of thanksgiving before every meal. It's why worship is such an essential component of every religious expression. Because faith and gratitude are intimately interwoven. In his commentary on this scripture text from Luke, theologian R. Alan Culpepper says, gratitude may be the purest measure of one's character and spiritual condition. Because as I described for you earlier, gratitude can change your heart. When we slow down and allow our hearts to open towards gratitude, it changes us. I wonder if that was frankly the problem with the other nine lepers. They were in such a hurry to get to their destination, to cross the next item off their to-do list, that they never let the gravity of the situation wash over them. They must have known that they were healed, but they were in such a hurry that this truth never fully registered in their hearts. We can all make quick and silly Thankfulness Thursday videos, and that's all well and good. And we can go through the ABCs of gratitude quickly and list off apples and basketball and cars and doctors and elephants and fireworks. But the scriptures and our practice of worship is meant to invite us to slow down and really recognize the blessings that God has authored in our life. When your heart and mind are focused on being grateful for what you have, the joy it creates within you can push aside some of your anxieties about what might go wrong in the future or some of your guilty thoughts about what you did wrong in the past. Instead, gratitude tunes our hearts towards peace with the present moment. I think it's really interesting, the language that Jesus uses at the end of the gospel reading. He says, your faith has made you well. But remember, 10 lepers were healed that day. Even though nine were too busy to turn back and give thanks, they were still healed. And that's important because while the Harvard study may have found that gratitude has some health benefits, gratitude is not a cure-all or a magical fix. No, rather gratitude is simply what we'll feel when we slow down and really recognize how much God has already done for us. That's what the Samaritan leper did. 
He recognized what Jesus had done for him, and the only thing he could think to do was turn back and fall at Jesus' feet and say, thank you. And when Jesus saw how this man had responded, he said to him, your faith has made you well. Ten lepers were healed that day, but only one was declared well. When I hear this story, I can't help but think about this woman in one of my previous congregations. Let's call her Beth. Beth had a very difficult life. She grew up in a very troubled home, and at no point did she ever have a lot of money, nor did her family. She unfortunately experienced one abusive relationship after another, and this caused her to turn to drugs and alcohol just to cope with the trauma. And then as a result of that, she developed a number of chronic health problems. And then, as she tells it, then she found Jesus. And every Sunday, Beth would sit in the very front row, and during every hymn and most of my sermons, she'd have her eyes closed, oftentimes tears running down her cheeks. And if she wasn't singing along, she was simply saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Her faith and her gratitude were completely intertwined. And despite everything she had been through, she was well. She wasn't fully healed of all her ailments, nor was she free from all her internal struggles, but she was well. She was at peace with her life and what had been and with who she had become. And most of all, she was at peace with where God was guiding her next. I know that Beth still had struggles and even tragedies in her life. And I bet the Samaritan leper did too. But when you slow down, and allow yourself to be grounded in a soul-level appreciation for what God has already done for us, it tunes our heart to face the future with confidence and hope and a deep sense of peace. That's why I always say that if you want to grow in your faith, start by slowing down and growing in your gratitude. We may not be healed. We may not be fully fixed up and put back together, but gratitude will help us recognize and know the realness of God's love in our life. And that alone, that more than anything, that can make us well. Amen.